Curious Conversations About Sex is brought to you by Curious Creatures, who run a variety of workshops on self-development and sexuality in Australia. My name is Rog. Today, we're having another listen to a conversation with two of the world's best sex educators and pioneers about how to introduce more interesting sex into a relationship. My first guest is Cindy Darnell, an educator and counsellor based in New York. She's available for sessions via video conferencing. My second guest is Barbara Corellis, also a sex educator and pioneer, and offering workshops around the world. Among many other achievements, Barbara wrote the book Urban Tantra, which I really enthusiastically recommend. It certainly shaped a lot of my journey. So, Rog from 2017, what's the question? The question is, how do I introduce a partner to more interesting sex? Uh, we've been doing more or less the same thing over and over. It's not bad, but I want more. So how do I introduce a partner to more interesting sex? Um, maybe, I don't know, Cindy, I feel like this could be um, over to uh, your territory. Have you got any thoughts on how to introduce a partner to more interesting sex? Yeah. So I guess the first thing uh, that we have to do here is define what does more interesting sex mean? Because what might be interesting to one person um, might be utterly tedious to another or completely terrifying or something in between. So, (laughs) So more interesting um, really does need to be defined. So let's say, let's assume that perhaps this person asking about how do we introduce more interesting sex, maybe what they're referring to is uh, a practice that perhaps doesn't involve genitals because I think a lot of people tend to default to when they think of sex, they tend to think of genitals, which um, is good and, you know, that's fine and completely a reasonable assumption. However, um, the more that we progress in the world of sexuality, we start to realize that sex is lots of things to lots of different people. And for some people, sex is not about genitals. It's about a whole heap of other things. And so an interesting sex practice that this person might be wanting to introduce their partner to might be, uh, let's say, using rope. Sure. Sounds plausible. And... Yeah, and so it might be using rope and it might be um, involving uh, just the the process of learning how to do this or or even having a discussion about, you know, would you like to do this with me? So if, um, let's say, it is rope or... um, or even perhaps something even less confrontational, let's say about a, a blindfold. Yeah, it could be a million things. Could be, I'm just thinking like different forms of sensory touch or sensory awakening rituals or who knows, yeah. Look, exactly, because it really could be anything. So it's sort of hard to answer when we don't know exactly what it is that we're talking about when we're talking about interesting practices. But one of the most helpful ways of introducing it, in my experience, is <laughs> to blame the media. Now, what I mean by that... <laughs> Yes, that's what what I I do too. Yes. (laughs) When in doubt, blame the media. Blame the podcast. People can blame me. You know what? I'm really good at taking blame for stuff like this. So if in doubt, blame me. My favorite lead in is I saw on Oprah this kind of interesting thing. Oprah's my favorite one to blame. Yeah, that's that's exactly the thing. Although I don't know if uh, does Oprah talk about sex? Not as no, much. She should be. No, that's well. Maybe that's you're right. Not not quite in the same way that we talk about sex, but yeah, they do. <laughs> 
they do they do um but that that's usually the the one of the better defaults um to test the waters of any new play partner or, or you know old play partner even um is to say i was reading an article or i saw a video or yes. i had a yes. chat with Kathy at the coffee shop the other day and she said blah 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 to 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 test out the waters that way rather than saying um I want to do this thing. What do you think about that? I mean, you can do that as well. There's nothing wrong with saying I, it more directly. I completely agree but with you. Some folks, that's intimidating. I completely agree with you, Cindy, because we want to minimize the 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 critical voice. We don't want to sound like. Um, I want to do something different because I've really hated everything you've been doing with me for our entire relationship. And people <laughs> yeah. get very, very sensitive <laughs> about things like that. And the other thing that I, the other don't do that I would recommend is don't bring this up during or immediately after a lovemaking session where people are incredibly yeah. open and impressionable. Wait until, yeah. as Cindy suggested, you're just kind of sitting over a coffee and go, oh, I was reading the other day and this looked kind of interesting. Mm, yeah. Have you yes. ever thought of that? I agree. That's such a great point. Very neutral I... settings. Very neutral settings. Yes. Definitely. I think one of the, the my rules of thumb, and this is something I've been writing about in my book, um, is to not talk about sex in the place where you have it. Yes, so, yes, yes. <laughs> talk yes. about it, and talk about it in another room. Talk about it when you're out walking the dog, or when you're having breakfast, yeah. and there's a table between you. You know, places where um, the conversation can feel like it's starting on an even footing. Because for a lot of people, talking about sex or renegotiating um, certain practices is very vulnerable yeah. making. And if you're lying in bed or in your sex space and you're possibly nude, um, you're already very vulnerable. So I love yes. And then to go in and have a very vulnerable conversation on top of that. For some people, that can be their idea of terror. I, I love your intervention, Cindy, around around if you if you anticipate that you might be getting a bit of a negative or a shame response uh, from the person you're going to be chatting to, you can sort of step out of the line of that fire and say, yeah, I, I read this article or I heard this podcast or someone said something about something. I, I, I like what you're doing there, making it gentle on yourself. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm totally fine with people blaming me for stuff. <laughs> Completely welcome to blame me. <laughs> and then you don't have to say like that. That um, I thought the most interesting part of this was, but you could say the person in the video or in the article, what they liked about it was blah 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 blah. And that exactly. was the part that I thought. Well, that was interesting. Yeah. yeah, I can imagine that. You not so much, huh? What what? When I say that, what does it bring up for you? And then you can get what the turnoff is. Yes. I think it's weird. I think it would hurt. Uh, that would scare me. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And exactly. then you're into a bigger conversation, which can lead to what we in the sex ed biz and in the BDSM world as well think of as a yes, no, maybe list. And you can play a game once you get over this initial conversation yeah. where you can say, would you ever be, Cindy, would you ever be interested in being tied up? Yes, no, or maybe. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And, then, 
and then Cindy I think, would answer. Yeah, and that one of the other helpful things with that is when, if I was to say maybe, which is going to be my answer to you, Barbara, although, in fact, if it was you, Barbara, I would say yes, but that's because I've known you for 20 years and I trust you completely to tie <laughs> me up. However, if I didn't know you very well, I would say maybe, and then at that point it would be an opportunity to introduce caveats around um, right. what conditions would need to be met in order for me to feel safe. The yes, no, maybe game is also great for exploring variety. And anybody who wants to play the game can just Google uh, yes, no, maybe at list and come up with some interesting, passionate and frightening things that are possibilities in the great wild world of sex. Just saying. Yeah, and there's other lists out there online where you can enter in all of the details of the things or list the things that you're potentially interested in and then your partner or your partners then list the things that they're interested in and it only outs you for the things that you have in common, uh, which is another <gasps> nice, nice way one. to get around that. And, yeah, on the on the maybe question, uh, the, 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 the follow-up question would be, um, so... If you were to be interested in this particular activity, what mechanisms or safeties would need to be in place? What would we need to do to make it something approachable or accessible? But um, yeah, go on, Cindy. I, 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 do you have, have more you want to say about, about your thoughts on how to introduce a partner to more interesting sex? Um, it, you mean in regards to how do we set up uh, safety boundaries? or? I'll... Well, I, we, we, we threw the question to you first, and then Barbara and I have been having a wonderful time interrupting oh. you all the whole way through. So I just wanted to make sure that we've. Um, I didn't even know that I was being interrupted. It's fine. <laughs> That's very generous of you. That's what I do. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by the letter Great. G for generous. <laughs> Sorry, context, context. You can explain what was going on to the listeners. Roger talking about. Oh, yes, indeed. So... Cindy is a Sesame Street fan. For those of you who wondered what that was about, and so there will probably be Sesame Street references throughout most anything she talks about, which makes Sex Ed ever so much more entertaining, in my opinion. Hey there, listener. I'd like to make a little proposal for you. I love making this podcast for free because it fits in with my overall mission of doing what I can to assist in the areas of sex, relationships, communication, and so forth. Uh, but I could use your help getting the word out. So my proposal to you is that for every 10 or so episodes you listen to, perhaps you could either share an episode with someone you think might get something out of it, or leave us a review, unlike Stitcher or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get this from. Uh, this isn't an actual contract or an agreement, of course, because you didn't get me saying it. Um, but I appreciate you considering it, nevertheless. Thanks. So uh, my my thoughts on the topic were, um, yeah, like like similar lines. I think almost all of this is to do with how uh, one communicates about what one is after. Um, I think the first one, that, the first thing that has to be done is to work on and process um, bad reactions. So if I speak in the first person, if I'm wanting to approach a partner with a new idea, I need to work on bad reactions I've had elsewhere, so shameful responses, um, yeah. 
and any shameful responses that have come up in this particular relationship because it's this really tricky thing. Sometimes when you're the partner in a relationship uh, where and, and, and your partner is coming to you saying, hey, how about this, how about this, how about this, it, it's actually incumbent on you to do a really good job of holding those questions even if you're not into them. So rather than just dismissing them out of hand or laughing or shaming the person making the offers, you need to actually hold them in a way of saying something along the lines of thank you but no thank you. Uh, Otherwise, at a certain point in time, the offers will just stop coming and then the sex life just stops. Yes. yes. So I, th- I think all of those sorts of the little yelches that, that accumulate over the years um, uh, need, to be, uh, need to be processed. Yes. And then otherwise, my thoughts are mainly around just uh, getting educated. Uh, so if we go with your example of ropes, Cindy, um, and, and say a partner is introducing ropes, then um, get educated find out what it's about and why people are into it. Um, yes. Find out how to tie up just a couple of really conservative, basic, safe knots. And then you sort of need to step into your rank as an educator within the relationship and just slowly, 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 like it's just so much better to do a little bit too little rather than a little bit too much because you do too much and you push people too hard and they have a snapback reaction like a rubber band and you never get to go there again. Yeah. So I think I think most of these things are all just about building trust. The 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 ropes in this case are actually, you know, just this funny little bolt-on skill. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Yes, that's true. Yeah. So um what about to, to you Barbara? Did you have any further thoughts on how to introduce a partner to more interesting sex that we haven't already sort of teased out of you? I'll just follow on to what you just said, and that and that was sometimes um, if somebody's a bit apprehensive, let's say that you have asked if you can tie up your partner because you think that would be really hot, and they're they're in the maybe range and they're looking for their comfort zone, and say, well, why don't you tie maybe me range. up? Why don't you tie me up? Would that be okay? Well, I don't know how to do that. Well, that's okay. Just just let's do a little the wrist thing in a blindfold and let's just see what that's like something like that and if they're open to that then they have an opportunity to see that it's not so scary that you're fine with it that uh the mere touching of rope doesn't bring up anything too traumatic so sometimes reversing it's very helpful even if it's not particularly erotic but rather just we're going to walk through this and see how we feel. Mm. It doesn't have to be included in sex play the first time. I love what it you're saying about... It doesn't have to be erotic. Yeah. It's just... I love what you're saying about free yourself up from having to make it erotic or having to make it good. Um, I almost feel like you need to set up academic play sessions uh, where you're just doing something really academic with like learning goals and everything else and free yourself up from the, <laughs> from the pressure to get it right. Yeah, totally. Especially in, in kinky play, especially in kinky play. Just, you know, it's, it's, it's a, hey, if, you know, if you were going to go build a bookshelf, you'd have to like figure out how to nail wood together so to speak and so any skill is like that you have to figure out how to do it and keeping it away from our deepest most vulnerable emotional spaces is a really good idea at first when we don't know what we're doing (laughs) i agree such a good point such a good point um and i think even you can uh, break it down into its uh commensurate steps 
Um, so like maybe if you were doing a really step-by-step -step training, we, we keep on going with the rope example, so let's stay with it. Um, maybe step one would just be like find some sensory ways that you can play with that rope on my body um, without ever uh, getting to the stage of tying a knot or a hitch or anything like that. Just experiment with tension and soft and whatever else. Mm. Um, and then that, that's step one. Hey, that didn't go too badly. And the same is true of something like spanking, which is also really popular. What spot feels good? Yeah. Um, how hard feels good? With what part of the hand feels good? Yeah. And then when we've got just some basic familiarity with what feels good and where, the next night maybe we can bring it in with a couple of cute smacks in the middle of lovemaking and then suddenly things get integrated with some laughter and some humor and a bit of confidence. Yes. I'm smiling from ear to ear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fantastic. Um, any further thoughts, uh, Barbara, or any thoughts from any of us on, on the question of how to introduce a partner to more interesting sex? Anything we haven't already covered? I think we got this one, and yeah. it would be cool if people, you know, um, emailed you or contacted you to see what ideas they had. It's a good ongoing conversation. Mm, yes, it is indeed. Um, yeah. I uh, just had the thought that um, uh, one of the things I'm I'm really happy to have made is these things are called cons consent cards, and on it. Oh, I, I've got one of those in my wallet. Oh, I think fantastic, and. On it, they have about 17 questions uh, where the first time you do a particular type of play with a person, it's really good to go through all of the questions uh, thoroughly um, because there's almost no chance that you can go off on the wrong direction or misunderstand each other at the end of that. Now, you don't have to go that wildly. You don't have to buy one of those consent cards. You can get all those questions for free off my website. And for some activities, you won't need to go through them all. Um, but that's going to dig you out of a lot of tricky situations when you're starting new yeah. play with someone. Absolutely. And I think one of the things with consent as well, and, and certainly the questions on your uh, website and on your card really help people uh, develop the, the confidence to be start asking the questions that need to be asked in order to gauge consent, is that we have to remember that consent is much more nuanced than simply yes and no. And that space in between where we're talking about the maybes and we're talking about that sort of tentative edging forward, especially when we're uh, doing new things or, you know, introducing in, in, uh, what is it, interesting sex practices, um, that there may be an element of apprehension and that that is okay. And so that process of perpetually checking in um, is especially important if we're edging into territory where there's going to be um, more vulnerability than usual. And to recognize that, well, you know, you said yes yesterday, that doesn't mean that I'm still you're saying yes today or that the conditions might change or the conditions might change in the middle of the scene, in the middle of what you're doing. And that those that conversation has to be an ongoing thing. It's not a simply black-white uh, yes and no. I think a lot of people would like for consent to be that simple but it is actually much more complex and nuanced than that, especially when we're getting into more complex erotic territory. Oh, great. I, I think the other thing we might want to remember is that complex emotion, uh, erotic territory also leads to complex emotional territory. Absolutely. So when you're, when, when you're buying one package, you get the other for free. This is actually... <laughs> <laughs> 
There's that Jeep of generosity again. <laughs> However, it really needs to be understood. So emotions such as uh, laughter, uh, laughter, giggles, um, crying are not uh, to be avoided, but uh-huh. rather to be welcomed. Yes. And neither of them precludes consent. I mean, yeah. Consent is something that needs to stay verbal so that things like wild giggles are not erroneously misinterpreted as a yes, and sobbing is not erroneously misinterpreted as a no. Really good point. Because often they're quite the opposite, that sobbing can be delicious and giggling can be, I'm going to die if you don't stop. So, yeah, yeah, yeah let's, let's separate those those two that come in the same package, so, yeah. shall we? So who knew, hey, we started out with a conversation about more interesting sex and we wind up in a conversation with con- about consent and communication. Well, fancy that. Yes, uh, that's, fancy that's that. has been a fantastic and juicy conversation. It's Roger again. Just wanted to whisper a couple of things in your ear before we go. Firstly, a reminder that if you can think of anyone that might like listening to this episode, share it with them. Uh, Most podcast apps have got a share button there somewhere for just that purpose, uh, or just take a screenshot and uh, send it to them. Secondly, if you want to know more about Curious Creatures, who bring you this podcast, then check out our website. We're at curiouscreatures.biz, and that's also listed in the show notes of this episode. Uh, I think the best way to stay in the loop about what we're doing is to get onto our email list, which you can do via the website, and we think of your email address as a part of you. So we're very careful about how we use it. And thanks for listening. It's been really nice having you there. <laughs>